Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. designed to help you fall asleep. Find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review on the podcast app. Also, share us with a friend. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Orange Blossoms. We're blessed to receive so many listener requests for particular stories. Thank you to everyone who has done so. We love to know what you think. If you're a Patreon supporter, please message us through your Patreon profile, and we will prioritize your request to the top of the queue. Tonight, we'll read The Yellow Dwarf from the Blue Fairy Book, edited by Andrew Lang in 1889. The Yellow Dwarf story originated from the Countess Dalnoy, a 17th century French writer known for her fairy tales. She originated the term that is now generally used for the genre. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. The Yellow Dwarf. Once upon a time, there lived a queen who had been the mother of a great many children, and of them all, Only one daughter was left, but then she was worth at least a thousand. Her mother, who, since the death of the king, her father, had nothing in the world she cared for so much as the little princess, was so 
terribly afraid of losing her that she quite spoiled her and never tried to correct any of her faults. The consequence was that this little person, who was as pretty as possible and was one day to wear a crown, grew up so proud and so much in love with her own beauty that she despised everyone else in the world. The queen, her mother, by her caresses and flatteries, helped to make her believe that there was nothing too good for her. She was dressed almost always in the prettiest frocks, as a fairy or as a queen going on a hunt, and the ladies of the court followed her dressed as forest fairies. And to make her more vain than ever before, the queen caused her portrait to be taken by the cleverest painters and sent it to several neighboring kings with whom she was very friendly. When they saw this portrait, they fell in love with the princess, every one of them, but upon each it had a different effect. One fell ill. One went crazy, and a few of the luckiest set off to see her as soon as possible, but these poor princes became her slaves the moment they set eye on her. Never has there been a gayer court. Twenty delightful kings did everything they could think of to make themselves agreeable, and after having spent ever so much money in giving a single entertainment, thought themselves very lucky if the princess said, that's pretty. All this admiration vastly pleased the queen. Not a day passed, but she received seven or eight thousand sonnets, and as many elegies, madrigals, and songs, which were sent her by all the poets in the world. All the prose and the poetry that was written just then was about Bellissima, for that was the princess's name and all the bonfires that they had were made of these verses, which crackled and sparkled better than any other sort of wood. Bellissima was already 15 years old, and every one of the princes wished to marry her, but not one dared to say so. How could they, when they knew that any of them might have cut off his head five or six times a day just to please her, and she would have thought it a mere trifle, so little did she care. You may imagine how hard-hearted her lovers thought her, and the queen, who wished to see her married, did not know how to persuade her to think of it seriously. Bellissima, she said, I do wish you would not be so proud. What makes you despise all these nice kings? I wish you to marry one of them, and you do not try to please me. I am so happy, Bellissima answered. Do leave me in peace, madam. I don't want to care for anyone.